Have you ever had your phone just seem to consistently run down on you? No particular reason, it just seems like your battery is drained. In fact, there have been times when Annette's like, I haven't even been on my phone today, and it's already at like 30%, and this is like two o'clock in the afternoon. It's just that frustrating thing, but you know something's happening. Something's going on, but you don't exactly know what it is. There's something actually draining it, and you can't even see it because it's not on the service surface. So I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a really cool feature on iPhones where you can literally scroll, and it actually pulls up everything that's going on behind the scene. In other words, every app that you have up is actually running in the background, and it's draining your battery, and you don't even know it. Some of you are going, show me how to fix that. So that means you've got a lot of drain going on if that's, if that's your answer to that. So here's the thing. Forgiveness is the same way. No, no, no. Unforgiveness is the same way. It's literally like something is running in the background, but you don't know what. It's something, it's, it's like that blue tarp that you tied down on the back of your trailer and you forgot to tie one corner of it. You get out on the road and it's just flapping in the wind and you're like, what is that noise? And what you don't know is you're getting blue stuff all over your furniture. Am I the only human that's ever done that? You get to your destination and everything's blue. It's like, what happened? Is I neglected to tie down one corner of that tarp and it was just flapping in the wind the whole time. That is what unforgiveness is like. You know, last week we talked about un, uh, unforgiveness and this issue, and, and it was really quiet in here. I didn't get a lot of amens last week. Fortunately, I'm fairly secure. I knew we were dealing with some heavy stuff. So for those of you who thought, I'm so glad we got past that sermon. I'm so glad we're on to something else. Well, during the week as I was praying about it, sorry, I'm not going to let you off the hook because we need to flip the script on what we did last week. Last week, we covered the issue of unforgiveness in this sense that if someone has wounded you, offended you, hurt you in some way, we now wanted to give you the tools on how you deal with that and what do you do about it. Well, that's great, but that's only half of the issue. The other issue is this. Some of us in this room, notice I said us, have hurt, wounded, and offended people. If you have a pulse, that's, I'm probably talking to you right now. And now we need to talk about what do we do once we know and realize we've actually been the problem. And we've created a breach in a relationship. It's interesting, we'll look at Psalm 133 later, but it's interesting that it's in the place of unity that God says he commands the blessing. And we talked in terms of unforgiveness being a blessing blocker. Well, let me tell you what forgiveness and reconciliation are. They are a blessing releaser. Now, I don't know about you. Do you want to be blessable? I'm blessed, but maybe you're not blessable. I want to be blessable. I want to be in that place. Do you see what I did there? I made up a word. I do that a lot because I'm from West Texas. So, and I have permission to butcher the English language. So, we want to be blessable. We want to position ourselves, posture ourselves, where we are actually candidates for God's blessing. Amen? So here's the thing. Last week, unless you think that just because I deliver these messages, I'm not accountable to them. Oh, if you're a teacher, a parent, a leader, a boss, a supervisor, a preacher, whatever, 
you know this as well as anybody. Everything we say out, everything we lead out with, we are also held accountable for. Can I get an amen? So I want you to know something. I don't get off the hook, and I do not get a free pass on this stuff. So last week when I talked about unforgiveness, I just had this little inkling in the back of my mind that the Holy Spirit was going to bring some stuff up. And guess what? He did. He loves me that much. So I prayed this dangerous prayer. In fact, I encouraged you to pray it last week when I said, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in our hearts if there's anyone that we have ought against anyone that we have a breach of relationship with. And guess what? I prayed that prayer no longer or no sooner than I had said amen in my prayer, a name popped up on my mental radar screen. And I knew immediately I had to do something about it. One of the things I would encourage you to do is be the kind of person that's quick to repent. Just be quick. In other words, rip the band-aid off. You know, it's the worst thing in the world on a cold day to tiptoe in the water. Come on, somebody. You just got to jump in, right? So rip the band-aid off. Jump in. Just go for it. Because I'm telling you, if you stop to think about it, you may not walk out what the Holy Spirit has called you to do. I know myself well enough because I'm a pretty smart dude. I can rationalize pretty much anything. And I knew that if I hesitated just a minute, I would miss a moment. So a name flashed across the whiteboard of my mind, and all the, I was like, okay, I have to do something about it. And I would encourage you, and we'll talk more about this as we go through this today, when you do reach out to connect or reconnect with someone, you can do it in the fashion that is appropriate for the relationship. So me and this friend of mine, we walked together for years. We did ministry together for years. Our families hung out for years. We cried together. We prayed together. We planted churches together. And six years ago, there was a breach in our relationship. Six years ago. It was nothing gross. It was nothing bad. It was actually more a result of neglect than an actual offense, although there was there was an offense involved. In fact, some of my friends told me I had the right to be offended. You have any friends like that? You have any friends that reassure you in your entitlement? Oh, if, you, if I was you, I would be mad too. Oh, you know what? If that was to happen to me, you have every right to be angry. In fact, you have right to retaliate. You have friends like that? They're not your friends. For every step we take away from the cross, there will be 12 people cheering you on. The enemy will make sure of that. And I had friends telling me I had a right to be angry. Well, you know, hey, not wanting to let anybody down. I just, okay, I'll roll with that. And so I was angry and I let our relationship go. We, he went on. He's healthy, doing great. I went on. We're healthy and doing great. But there's this little blue tarp on my trailer flapping in the wind right now. Because something's still not quite tied down. That's unforgiveness. So, last week, walking and practicing what I preach, I said, Lord, is there anybody? And before I could even almost say amen, there it was. I grabbed my phone, again, appropriate to our relationship. I grabbed my phone and I wrote a text for the first time in six years to this individual. And I'm not going to lie, I was nervous. In fact, I think I broke out in a little sweat on my forehead, like that nervous sweat. Because here's the deal, when you reach back to reconcile, there's always the risk that it won't work. 
But my call to follow Jesus, according to Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Jesus bids a man come and die. I'm thinking, man, what's the worst thing that can happen? I don't get a text back, you know? That's not like coming and dying. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is okay. So I sent this text. I'm going to read it to you, and I'm going to take the name out because it's none of your business who it is. So here it is. Hey, blank. His name's not blank. I think of you often and so appreciate the imprint you made on my life. I miss our kingdom chats. I'm sorry I did not maintain our relationship due to my own woundedness. I'm saying I'm culpable here due to my own woundedness. I'm owning this. And I also said that's on me. Let me tell you, you want to walk in reconciliation and into the place of unity where God commands the blessing, you've got to own some stuff. So I owned it. I said, that's on me. Just wanted to say, thank you. Much love, Jimmy Pruitt. Yeah, I have to tell you something. Before I hit send on my iPhone, I think I was shaking a little bit. And it wasn't because I'd had three cups of coffee from my Nespresso that morning, although that might have contributed. But I was nervous because I knew once I hit send, it was out there, right? It's out in cyberspace, and you can never retrieve that. We've all learned that the hard way, haven't we, with iPhones? You can't retrieve it once it's out there. And I knew that was the case, and I just literally, I didn't close my eyes, but it was almost like I just, I hit the button and just went, there it is. No going back now. I did not pause to think. I just did it. By the way, the nature of repentance isn't pause, think. It's turn and do. It's to turn and do and go back to the way from the place you came. And so I acted out on repentance by doing something and hit send. Now, anyone who knows this guy, and a lot of people know him, he flies, he's all over the world, he's known, and anybody who knows him knows that he never returns a text, like ever. So I was sort of like, kind of safe on this one. It may not even be his phone number anymore, you know what I mean? But I noticed when I sent the text, it was blue. That told me it's still active. And so I sent it and I waited. And I thought, I'm just going to go about my business within a few seconds, probably a couple of minutes. I hear my phone go off. I'm like, really? I look at my, I had my iWatch and I look at it, it's him. I was nervous to read it, but I did. And I'm glad I did. So I want to share it with you. He said this, I think of you often. I stalk you on Facebook. <laughs> it's like, what? A little creepy. I stalk you on Facebook, two exclamation marks. So proud of you, three exclamation marks. Your church looks so amazing. Well, he's right there. You are amazing. He says, I miss our talks also. <sighs> Sorry, not sorry. Okay, this didn't happen in the first service. I think I was still asleep. I miss our talks also. I so love you and Annette. You have always been special and everyone knows it. And then he mentions his wife that he says they'll be out of the country that's pretty typical for him, for a couple of weeks, but I'll call. Give our love to Annette. Blessings, and I can't tell you how much 
your text means to me. That's, amen. That's six years of just ignorance. And I mean that in the, in the purest sense of the word, ignoring something. That tarp that was flapping around that could have been tied down probably the next week. And it's just a testimony of why do we wait to initiate what we know to do out of pride, out of woundedness, out of hurt. Last week we dealt with, you're on the receiving end. You've been hurt. This time, I owned my culpability in the situation. Were we both culpable? Of course we were. We both ignored. We both, we both played a role. And yet, I decided not to be the bigger man, but to be the lesser man. To humble myself and just say, you know what, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to practice what I'm preaching, not so I'll have a good story for next week, but so that I'll have a good life and a good way to be a blessing. So we're flipping the script on this one. We looked at what it means last week to forgive and release those who have hurt, offended, or violated. Today we're looking at what to do if you are the one who has offended, hurt, or violated someone. Can you please do something for me? Would you just check your pulse real quick? Just take a second. If you don't have one, let us know. We do have a doctor in the house sitting to my left. Everybody okay? All right. If you have a pulse, this is you. When we're called sheep in the Bible, it's not a compliment. We make mistakes. We miss things. We miss moments. We miss opportunities with people that later we know we should have said something. We should have acted. We should have reached out. We should have apologized. We should have repented. We should have asked for forgiveness, but we didn't because we're sheep who have gone astray. And so this message is for all of us, including me. And you know what? More than likely, the Lord was probably being really gentle with me because there's probably more on that list. And sure enough, I'm sure it's going to happen. Talked to a man during the intermission between our services. He was in the first service. He said, before you even got to that part, a name came to my mind. He said, what I'm doing this afternoon is I'm reaching out to that person. He was like, I'm going out of here and I'm going to walk out repentance. I'm not going to talk about it because I'm going to ask him next week. How did that go? Keep him accountable in love as a brother, but I know he's going to do it. He's going to take care of it because he wants to walk in repentance, not just, apolo- not just sorrow, but repentance. So are you stuck? I'm going to recall just a couple of things from last week. Go quickly through this because we covered it, but it's important that we get that, that backdrop. Have you ever felt stuck like you could not move forward, like something was holding you back or hindering you? Unforgiveness is a blessing blocker, but remember, unity in the Spirit, reconciliation is a blessing releaser. I don't know about you. I want to be on the releasing end of that, not the blocking end. Amen? The word forgive means to forsake, lay aside, let alone, disregard. And then these are really powerful to me. It means to let go, to let be, to release. I love that word, to release, to put away. It's an identity issue. Loved people, love people. Free people, free people. Accepted people, accept people. And this last one, forgiven people, forgive people. 
I don't know about you, but I want to say, yes, Lord, my identity in Christ says I am forgiven. Your grace has covered a multitude. Your love covers my sins. Your grace, I've been saved by it through faith. And because of that, I've been forgiven much. That way, I know now I have a responsibility to forgive much. How can I not? When he's exploded so much grace in my life. We shared this last week, but it's important. Dr. Henry Cloud wrote a great book called Boundaries, among other great books. He says this, when you refuse to forgive someone, you still want something from that person. There it is. We're hanging something over somebody because we want something out of them that they are more than likely not capable of giving. But we hold them anyway because, and somebody told me this between services last week, I think I shared it, that holding someone in unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting them to die. It's toxic to you. It holds you, not them. And so you still want something from that person. And even if it's revenge that you want, it keeps you tied to them forever. So walking in forgiveness, quickly, ask. This is the dangerous thing. Ask. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind anyone you have not forgiven. Who am I in bondage to because of unforgiveness? That's a dangerous question, and names will come to your mind. Repent. Remember what repentance means? Short version, you're going this way, I repent, now I'm going this way. Not, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because you can keep walking this way and say you're sorry all day long. Repentance is when you turn and do. You turn and go. That's repentance. So repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you for walking in unforgiveness and for the grace to forgive because His grace is sufficient. It is enough. There's more than enough grace where you can walk in forgiveness towards another. In prayer, here it is, forgive, do it. In prayer, speak forgiveness, grace, and mercy over them. I literally do that out loud. I bless, I speak life, I speak hope, I speak grace. Speak life, blessing, and increase over them. Pray for them. Hold them up. It's hard to stay mad very long when you're praying for somebody. Because what happens is your contempt will be converted into compassion when you pray for them. It may not change them, but it will wreck you. I'm just saying. It's like a wrecking ball. Here's another one. Forgive. And this is not a misprint. Now it's flipping the, the coin. Forgive and release yourself from past missteps, mistakes, blunders, sin, disappointment. That list could go on. But you have to forgive you. How can we walk in clarity and freedom when we are bound up to ourselves? We're so busy beating ourselves up. The devil's like, I'll let, I'll let them have it. They got it. I'm moving on to somebody else. Because we're just beating ourselves up. Condemnation, shame, guilt. And then here's another one. I call this courageous gratitude because gratitude, real gratitude is courageous because it's, pass it's active, not passive. Thank. By giving thanks. By faith, give thanks in advance for God's goodness. You know what that's called? Faith. Isn't it crazy? We call this thing the faith, but we're blown up when we have to actually walk by faith. <laughs> It's like, what? Why? This is so hard. Wait, it's called the faith. You, that's it. When you signed up, when you stepped over the line, when you went all in with Jesus, you were saying, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. For the righteous will live by their faith. And then when we have to do it, it blows our minds. Like, oh, this is, I'm the only person this is happening to. 
We have to thank, we have to have courageous gratitude and by faith, thank God for what he's already done. Remember, it's already done in heaven. Now we want it to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's part of that prayer. On earth as it's already done in heaven. So when we pray by faith and we begin to thank God for, it's like Romans 4, calling those things that be not as though they are. What we're doing is we're stepping into the, 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 the MO of God, the way He operates. Father, I thank you in advance. Thank you, Lord, that it's already done. Thank you, Lord. Now, you may feel horrible. Your emotions may be triggered. The pain is on the surface. But by faith, you're saying, thank you that there's freedom. Thank you that there's healing. Thank you that, that they are no longer bound to me nor I to them because I have released it. Now, you may not feel that way for a while. But here's how it happens. You'll wake up one day and the trigger, the firing pin on the gun's gone. And maybe something pulls the trigger that would normally set you off and set you back but instead, it does nothing. That's when you know you're whole. But that takes time. Because while our spirit is instantly delivered, our flesh takes a little time to catch up. It's like the back end of a slinky. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In Christ I am. However, my body's a little slow on the draw. It's coming along. It'll get here sooner or later. And then the last thing is repent. Repeat as often as necessary. In other words, Jesus said how many times? 70 times 7. It's actually a perfect number. And in, in numerology terms, theologically speaking, there's no end on that. In other words, as long as it takes. Well, I've been praying for years. Well, keep praying. Keep going. Keep standing. Keep thanking. Have courageous gratitude. Keep saying, thank you, God, for setting me free from this. Now, we're going to talk again about flipping the script on this thing. We're looking at what to do if you're the one who is offended, hurt, or violated someone. I'm going to take a breath. You ready? What do we do? Okay, I see the problem, Pastor Jimmy, but what do I do? All right, here we go. We're going to give it to you. When you become aware that you have wounded someone, you are now responsible to initiate reconciliation. And we're going to look at the scriptures that talk about this and why this is critical. But if you don't know, you're not accountable for what you don't know. But we walk in the known light that we have. So when the Holy Spirit, and guess what? You know this about offense. It's going to get back to you one way or the other. Amen? It may be from somebody. God will have a way. If he doesn't like write it on the whiteboard of your spirit and your mind where you get that name, it's going to come one way or you are going to find out that you have inadvertently hurt somebody. You may know it. You may not. But once you know, once you know, you're now responsible. Isn't that good news? Amen. Hallelujah. I knew I wasn't going to get many amens today, so I'm okay with that today. Matthew 5, 23, listen to this. Jesus and Sermon on the Mount. Remember, the Sermon on the Mount is this massive ideal, very similar to the Old Covenant law, which means we can't really do the Sermon on the Mount. However, there's hope. It's called the gospel. Jesus in us can do the Sermon on the Mount. He died for you so he could give his life to you so he could live his life. Help me, somebody through you. So he can live that through you. We cooperate, cooperate, and we collaborate. We co-labor with him. And by doing that, we actually are in partnership with him to fulfill this. So you think you're going to just grit your teeth and try harder? You're just going to be frustrated, and that's exactly what it's designed to do. 
so that you know this. I can't do it on my own. I need a Savior. I need help. That's when we call upon Jesus. I believe, but help my unbelief. Listen to this. He says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Here it is. Once you know, you go. He says, first, go. Be reconciled. Now listen, let's just be honest. We live in a town of 10,500 on the sign. I don't know how many really. It feels like there's 30,000 people here sometimes. That's just the weekends, right? But we live in a small community. Listen, you never burn a bridge in a small town because you're going to have to go back over it sooner or later. If you hadn't figured that out now living here, because we're all going to see each other at HEB. Hi, everybody. That's what it stands for. I used to, when I was new in town, I could get all the way in and out of that store in a moment. Now, it's like an hour and a half, and I was just going for pickles. So, I mean, it's like, I have to plan this thing out, because I see all of you people there. Hi, everybody. So, the other day, Annette and I, we're out. Actually, it was yesterday. We're out, and guess what? Believe it or not, you're not going to believe this. You're just going to call me a bold-faced liar. There are actually people who have left our church upset at various times. I know, hard to believe, right? So, I'm just real honest about this stuff because this is real. This is where we live, right? So, inadvertently, and it is inadvertently, I've, I've ticked people off. I've said something that I didn't mean it to be offensive, but maybe it was, and then, you know, that happens or whatever, or they got tied up with somebody else. Remember, we're all sheep here. So, inadvertently, we sometimes see people out in the community that used to go to our church. Now, here's the deal. I'm a bit ornery. Y'all know, getting to know me pretty well. I kind of like to make people squirm. So whenever I see people who've left our church, I just make a beeline for them. <laughs> Let this be a warning to you. <laughs> I just go for them because I want to hug their neck, shake their hand, and I want them to know I'm not mad. Listen, I am not arrogant enough to believe that we've got it going on and nobody else does. There are churches, we pray for our churches in our community every Sunday on purpose, with intent, and we mean it. Because the kingdom is a lot bigger than one church building. Come on, people. When God looks down on Fredericksburg, he doesn't see Oak Hills. He sees the kingdom. He sees the church of Fredericksburg. And that could mean we're meeting all over the city. Can I get an amen? So we're, we're not all that in a bag of chips. We have a role to play. We have a calling. And we're going to stay in our lane and be true to what he's called us to do. But some churches do stuff better than we do. And we need to be okay with that. And say, you know what, maybe this person needs to be over there. Maybe there's something over there that they need in this season of their life. Instead of being upset and offended when somebody leaves. That'd be nice if they said goodbye and they didn't duck behind every header at the grocery store when they see me. That's a little awkward. They're like hurting themselves trying to get away from me sometimes. I just catch them around the next one. I'm smart. I still got moves. And so I went right up to this one and just said, hey, it's so good to see you, and shook their hand, and it was like shame. I know, right? Just, and I just patted him on the shoulder. I said, so good to see you. Miss you and your wife. I called him by name. Miss you guys. And it wasn't like, well, we've been, it was like, I'm out of here. I mean, it was like, he couldn't even say anything. 
And he walked off and my heart is like, ah, he thinks we're mad. And my heart just bled for him. I was like, so then we run into another person. This doesn't always happen. Every, I mean, it is a small town. We're going to do it sooner or later. We run into another person. And I saw him. And so I spoke. I can't help myself. Like, hey, it's so good to see you. How are you doing? Fine. Good. Everything okay? Great. Okay. All right. Well, have a great day. And it was just like that weird thing. You know what those are? Those are rifts. Rifts in community. Rifts in relationship. Wouldn't it be really cool if we could see each other in a store and we just mutually hug each other's neck and say, I'm so happy for you. I hope you're prospering where you are. I hope you're finding what, you, what we couldn't give you because we, we get it. We don't have it all here. But maybe what you needed, you're getting over there. You know what? That's a different way to look at this thing. It's called the kingdom. So when you're aware that someone's wounded, when you're aware... You're now responsible to initiate reconciliation. That's why I make a beeline for people. All the fundraisers here in town that Annette and I go to, oh my gosh, we see tons of people that used to go here. And you know what? That could be awkward or it can be fun. And we just put the fun in dysfunctional. Come on, somebody. We just like go there and just love people. I remember sitting down with one guy at the Mission de Candelia. That's a great, by the way, that's a unifier in our city. And I sat down with somebody, and I just said, I just want you to know, because I could tell they were feeling very awkward with me. I just said, hey, I want you to know, I'm not upset with you. I'm glad you guys are where you are. I know your pastor. He's a great guy. You're blessed. Be encouraged. You could just see the relief. Just, life's too short to be upset and offended. Amen? So when you remember... Deal with it. First go, be reconciled, then come and offer your gift. Here's the next one, Romans 12, 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Well, when you're raised in West Texas, you're supposed to hit back, right? He punches me, I punch back. Actually, if you're a good West Texan, you throw the first punch, it's over, right? You just get her done and move on, right? Be careful to do what's right in the eyes. He says, do not repay evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everybody. And then he says this, if it is possible, notice that word, if if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you. In other words, there's a trap door here because it's not going to always work out. I could have easily hit send and nothing happened. And I would have been left wondering, I probably would have just to make myself feel good. I said, well, he must have changed his number. He's not really upset. He just changed his number. I don't know. Or he could have fired back something. It's a risk when we step out into reconciliation. It's costly to walk in unity. But let me tell you something, and you can take this to the bank. Psalm 133 says that the place where he commands the blessing is in the place of unity and reconciliation. And I'm telling you, do you want to live the rest of your life blocked Do you want to live the rest of your life with the works of your life just gummed up where they're not working properly? It could be because of unforgiveness. It could be because of a lack of reconciliation. It could be because of a lack of unity. 
Is that how you want to live the rest of your life? We ask a golden question on Wednesday night. Help me out Wednesday night, folks. How's that working for you? There it is. How's that working for you? And if it's not working, let's get it working. Amen? Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 5. Oh, I so love this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. This is Paul. He's been teaching, talking about how, how we see one another and how we see Christ flesh to flesh, human to human. He says, we don't see from that point of view anymore. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. I call this slinky theology. What's happened is that your spirit is reborn and it's new, but your body's going to take a little time to catch up. Ever stretched a slinky out? I'm real deep like this stuff, so I'm sorry. I just think this way. You stretch the front end of that out, the back will eventually catch up. Your flesh is now working and training in righteousness to catch up to what your spirit already is. You're already there in the spirit. I'm already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm already far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Everything's already under my feet. However, I live in this world, not but. However, I live in this world, and my flesh is slow to respond, and it takes a lot of training to get my flesh into the same place that my spirit is. And as that happens, it's called maturity. That's the process of growth and sanctification, to use a theological word. If you're in Christ, you're already there. You're a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Verse 18, all of this is from God, and here it is, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. When Jesus took the keys of the kingdom back from the enemy, when he defeated and stepped over death, hell, and the grave, he took the keys of the kingdom. He's now giving us a key. The key is the ministry of reconciliation because that is a key to where blessing happens, where he commands the blessing. As he hands us the key, we take the key. It's a gift. But now we have to use the key to start the car, right? I could pitch you the keys to my truck, but if you keep them in your pocket and go out and walk around my truck, you can say, that's a pretty truck. Need to wash it, but it's pretty. And it does need to be washed, I'm just saying. But you could say, that's a great looking truck. Man, I, I bet it drives great. I bet it's amazing. I'd say, well, well get in, give, give it a, dri a drive. You just keep walking around, keeping the keys in your pocket. Never once pull them out. Guess what? All you'll ever do is speculate about how that truck drives and performs, but you'll never get to enjoy it. You had the key, but you didn't use the key. We've been given a key. The key, the ministry of reconciliation. <sighs> We've been given if we would just use it. And the way we use it is we humble ourselves and we step in and we just own it and say, you know what? I messed up. There's ways to do it and ways not. And we'll look at that right now. He says he's given us the ministry, the key. Say the key out loud. The key. You've been given the key. One more time. The key. One more time. Help me. The key. All right. All 20 of you. Thank you. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. That means we don't count men's sins against us. It's the same thing. Like father, like son. Like father, like daughter, like child. 
He says this, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, both the ministry, the doing, and the message, the speaking, the declaring. We've been given the keys to reconciliation, whereby when we use them, we now experience the blessing, the place of blessing. So how do we do it? All right, pastor, that's great. So what? Andy Stanley says, anytime you preach a message, you better answer so what, because that's what they're asking. So I'm just going to assume you're thinking, so what do I do? All right, here you go. I'm glad you asked. How? Where do I start? What do I do? Here it is. We'll go quickly. Pray. Here we go. We seem to always start with prayer. Isn't that crazy? Seek the Lord's heart and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You want to lean into this thing. Say, Lord, I feel like I've done something. Go. Here it is. Pick up the phone. Show up. Communicate. You need to first go, according to Matthew 5. First, go to your brother and be reconciled. Then come back and offer. Go, pick up the phone, show up, communicate. Then do this. This is huge. Lower your expectation. If you step into this because you want something out of it, if, this is, if reconciling for you is just about getting the blessing or getting free for you, wait a minute. I moved from me to we a long time ago. And we got to move on forward from me to we to them. Because is this not about our witness in the world? He says, you shall be my witnesses in the world. When we walk in reconciliation, it's when people see the love that, pe- that followers have for one another and they go, that's real. Right now, they look at most churches that are torn up, fragmented, fractured, they're like, why would I submit myself to that? The bar, they're more friendly down at the bar than they are at that church. Hey, we know this is true. Norm, every time he walked in, everybody at Cheers loved Norm, right? And we look at that and we laugh and it makes us feel warm because there's some truth to that. If our church is an unsafe place for you, oh my gosh, Father, forgive us. Ah, oh, that's not our heart. Lower your expectations. This is not about you. Make them the hero of the story. You're the one who messed up. It's time to own it. Step over the line and now engage and make them the hero of the story, not you. And I'll tell you how to do that. Give them the ball. No, ask for forgiveness first. Now we ask. This is where we actually do it. Here's how not to do it. Bro, I have to, I have to say, I think I messed up, so I need you to forgive me because I... Wait a minute, is there a problem here? I need you to forgive me. You're still the hero of the story. This is all about you. Here's another thing you don't do. You don't say this. If I have offended you, I, w- I need you to forgive me. I- if I've done something wrong, you ever had somebody start one of these like that? Your guard's already up. You're ready to go nine rounds. Let's go. I mean, come on. If I, have, if I hurt your feelings, how condescending is that? In other words, well, I really didn't. It's just the way you interpreted it. Oh, here's another thing not to do. It's called validating. In other words, this idea that I somehow have to build a case for why I did what I did. Yeah, sure, it was wrong. I shouldn't have hurt you, but I'm still going to build a case because you need to know why I did that. See a problem here? So here's what you do. My wife, my bride is right here. Honey, just caveat, let me let you know, there's nothing to this. This did not happen. This isn't real. So this is acting. 
So <laughs> she's like, yeah, whatever. So here's the honey, Annette, I know I've hurt you. I know I've, I've wounded you. I've offended you. And, and I'm so sorry. But even beyond being sorry, would you forgive me? And then you do the unthinkable. You shut up and wait. Because you need to receive. They, you need to put the ball in their court and let them say it. I forgive you. Honey, would you forgive me? <laughs> line. Okay. Feed you a line there. So, seriously? This is a preemptive, by the way. So, for the next time I do it, we've already got it covered, right? So, we're out front of this thing. So, so that's it. You simply ask, and then you do the unthinkable. You wait for dead air. Dead air is brutal in a, in a situation like this, but you wait. Have the maturity to wait. Have the maturity to wait, to listen, and give them a chance to respond. Because when we're nervous and we're in these situations, we're just this. We're just, we don't want any dead air. Have the courage to wait. When was the last time you truly asked for forgiveness? Not told them you need them to, not validated and built your case, but simply asked for forgiveness. Let's land the plane with this. Then give them the ball. In regard to the relationship after reconciliation, let's say that goes well. Let's say, hey, you know, because a lot of times I've had people say, I forgave you a long time ago. We've all moved on. Well, great. I just want to get that out. Thank you. But now give them the ball for the relationship. Now you don't become the puppy dog that they can't get rid of. Well, let's go hang out. Let's go to a movie. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And they're like, hey, whoa, it's been six years. You know, chill out. No, give them the ball. Let them set the pace, dictate the pace. Remember, they're the hero, not you. They're the hero, not you. And then the last thing, my gosh, sometimes we just forget to celebrate. Enjoy the freedom. You got a W on the board. Enjoy it. You got a win. You got a mark in the win column. Enjoy it because you are no longer bound. You are free. And one step beyond, you are now blessable. And you can say, Father, thank you. Thank you for how that went. Because it's the heart of God for reconciliation. I want to end with this, Psalm 133. Listen, love this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He's attracted to this. Verse 2, it is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Now, we don't get that picture well, but it's the picture of a priest anointing with beautiful, pure olive oil. It's been sanctified and blessed and anointing, covering in that oil, which represents the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. Running down over Aaron, over his beard. We think it's gross, but it's a beautiful act of setting somebody's life apart. He says it's beautiful like this. It's like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edges of his garments. You can just see him covered in the presence. Verse 3, it is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. These are all beautiful pictures. This dew descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, where? In the mountains? Of, the mountains? No, no, no. It's in the place of reconciliation and unity. It's that place. Look what it says. For there, the Lord commanded the blessing. And it's the Hebrew word, lachayim. You got to get that little hick in there. <laughs> L'chaim. 
And it literally means to life. It's a Hebrew greeting. And it's a blessing. When they toast, they'll, they'll lift their goblets and they'll say, L'chaim, to life. That's the place where the blessing is conferred. Do you want to be blessable? If you do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I started to triple dog dare you, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it mild today. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to pray. And we're going to say, Holy Spirit, is there somebody, is there somebody I need to be reconciled to? I would guess in a room this size with this many folk, there may be a couple of situations that need to be reconciled. You've been given the key. The ministry and the message of reconciliation. Will you use it? And posture yourself for blessing. Look out. It's like the heavens will open up over you. It's like a downpour. It's like drinking from a spiritual fire hydrant. The freedom that you'll enjoy. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful that you've given us these keys keys of the kingdom. And Lord, these keys, the message and the ministry of reconciliation, the ability to reconnect and where relationships and community have been breached, you give us the keys to repair the breaches in the wall and to be reconciled and reconnected to those whom we've hurt, whether on purpose or not, Lord, We want to step into the place of owning, owning what we've done so that the ministry and message of reconciliation can happen. And in that place where you command the blessing and the unity of the brethren, Father, we want to be in that place. We want to live in that place. We want to operate out of that place. There's no other place we want to be but under an open heaven. So I pray for my friends right here, right now, myself. I know there's more probably. So I'm open and I'm listening. Father, is there anyone in our relational orbits that we need to be reconciled to? Is there anyone that we need to own up to and step out and lay our gift at the altar and go and be reconciled? Is there anyone? If so, would you show us? And then give us the grace and the courage to first go, as Jesus said. First, go and be reconciled. Would you do that for us this week? We know we're stepping into something supernatural. So we honor you. We love you. And we want to be quick to obey, quick to repent. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. I look forward to hearing testimonies of reconciliation.